Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome back to part three of three on the liver. And this time we'll speak about liver metastasis, and I'll also speak about some uncommon lesions. Liver metastasis is probably the most common thing we do look for in terms of looking for liver lesions. We know there's a wide spectrum of lesions from hypo to hypervascular. Most tend to be hypovascular, typically lung cancer, colon cancer are two good examples. Hypervascular, we think about islet cells and neuroendocrine tumors. Things like breast cancer can fall in either camp. Um, Mets are very common. Their appearance will vary and their size will vary. How good CT is will vary as well because it's totally dependent on lesion size. 90 to 95% is probably a good number with multiphase imaging with 64 slice CT scanning. Again, we have issues at times when there's infiltrating tumors rather than discrete lesions. We have issues at times when there is a textural change in the liver like cirrhosis. Uh, we have issues at times when there's not a great bolus. So there are issues, but I think we're indeed very good. Now, in looking at METS, you can't often determine where the exact primary is. In this case, liver METS and splenic METS and nodes in the port of hepatitis. This could be lymphoma. This could be melanoma. This could be colon cancer. This was bladder cancer. So most of the time, it's not very specific. You see liver METS. You can't really judge where they're from. I see liver and spleen, melanoma to me is better, and then lymphoma is up there, but, you know, can't always be right. On the other hand, a case like this, liver mets, but what you see is calcifications. And if you look at the venous phase, you see the calcifications better. Something like this, I mean, hepatomas can calcify, but multiple hepatic lesions, these punctate calcifications, mucinous tumors, most commonly mucinous uh, uh, adenocarcinoma of the colon, occasionally ovary, but that tends to be very helpful. Now, in terms of hypovascular liver lesions, when we're routinely doing patients for colon cancer METs, venous phase imaging is the ideal thing, or it's just, it's the best thing if you're going to pick a phase for looking at METs. It's rare that you ever would pick up a hypovascular lesion on arterial phase that you miss on venous phase imaging. It's always that you typically would not see it on early phase imaging. But it is important to remember there are certain advantages to early phase imaging. If you look at this case in a patient with pancreatic cancer and we only concentrate in the liver, remember liver mets and pancreatic cancer makes you unresectable. Well, you look at those two liver lesions, what do you make of them? One's a centimeter, one's about four millimeters. Low density, are those mets? Are those hemangiomas? Are those cysts? Are those something you need to worry about? Well, if you look back on the arterial phase imaging, the larger lesion has perfusion changes, the smaller one doesn't. That's very, very important. You can see perfusion changes in a number of things, very large benign lesions, even cysts. But small lesions, you don't get perfusion changes unless there's a reason. If it's a cyst, if it's a hemangioma, you're not getting those wedge-shaped THAD-type lesions. If it's metastasis, you are. So in this case, the larger lesion was a met, the smaller lesion was not. And you're only going to pick up those perfusion changes early on the imaging. So in this case, another example, patient with pancreatic cancer, you see the lesion, you see the perfusion changes, that's going to be metastatic disease. Here's that same patient when you look at it again, early versus late phase. You see those perfusion changes disappear when you go to the patient's late phase imaging. Now, if you go from there to this example, um, what exactly do you do with this lesion? Again, same thing, you know, you'd have a hard time. But since you had the early phase imaging, since you had perfusion changes, it's just not going to be an issue. So again, a very important point, how arterial phase imaging can be very helpful even in hypovascular lesions. Now, of course, when you have hypervascular lesions, um, 
the arterial phase is really everything. Now I want to show you certain points about arterial phase imaging. You look at this lesion, how do you know this is not going to be a hemangioma? How do you know this, you know, this is malignant? Well, remember we talked about puddling. This lesion doesn't have puddling. It's rim enhancement. that got to be malignant. The other thing is you see the halo around the lesion? You don't get that with benign lesions. So this is going to be microvascular invasion by tumor. So what you're talking about here is a neuroendocrine tumor metastatic to liver. So that halo around it means it's malignant. The rim enhancement means it's malignant. And when you look at the MIP images, you see irregular vessels, which means it's malignant. So now you have three good signs. You're never going to confuse this with a hemangioma. Hemangiomas would not have that rim enhancement. It would have puddling. Would not have that halo. Would not have neovascularity. As long as I'm mentioning carcinoid tumors, let me make this point. You see the carcinoid in the mesentery. You see the vascular liver mets. No problem. One thing to be careful about is if you have patients with vascular tumors, you want to scan them the same way each time. Because as you can see in this case, the lesions look different from early to late phase imaging. And you could measure differences. So it's very, very important that when someone responds or regresses in therapy, it's because the tumor actually responds or regresses, not because you scan the different phases. So it's important to make sure when you compare things, you compare arterial to arterial and venous to venous. Now a couple other points. Remember before I spoke about FNH and I said it's vascular but not that vascular? These are islet cell tumors. Look at the tail of the pancreas, huge mass. You see how vascular those lesions are? They're vascular like arterial. That's not FNH. Also they're necrotic. Remember we said FNH is homogeneous. These are necrotic. Classic for metastatic disease. Theoretically I could think about hepatoma if I only looked at the liver lesions. But again, there's no confusion. Hypervascular, not homogeneous, too bright. And then, of course, you look at the MIP. There's all these irregular feeding vessels, neovascularity. So again, just to show you some really good takeaway messages. A couple other things. Do we ever make mistakes? Nah, once in a while. I think there are certain issues. And one of the most difficult will be uh, with liver abscesses. And again, CT is very important in detecting abscesses. There are many type of abscesses categories. Most of the ones we see are pyogenic. They can see amoebic or parasites or even fungal. And uh, so it's something to consider. And bacillary angiomatosis, we've reported that in AIDS patients. Now I looked at this case and said, patient with 50 pound weight loss, look at that big necrotic tumor. There it is, axial images. And then we see the same thing in 3D. And this was biopsied, came back, an abscess. So occasionally abscesses and tumors can look the same. Often history is helpful, but if you look at the clinical presentation, fever, right-sided abdominal pain, and weight loss, elevated LFTs, the fever, abdominal pain, all of that can match both abscesses or tumor. So in this case, the weight loss made me think of malignancy, but weight loss can also be with chronic infection, particularly in a patient who's debilitated or a patient who is not a very good historian. Now we typically think about abscesses, most of the time they're pyogenic, they're from GI tract, ascending cholangitis, patient with diverticulitis, patient with appendicitis. Uh, those abscesses are often single, but they can be multiple, uh, range in size from a few millimeters to several centimeters, and less than 20% of the time will contain air. Now I'll just mention about some other abscesses. Amoebic abscesses we're seeing more commonly because of travel. It's endemic to India, the Far East, and Africa, South America. Patients are usually sicker 
and the travel history is indeed very critical. They kind of are very specific in look. They're cystic, they're right lobe of liver. In time, they develop rim calcifications probably uh, occasionally. But amoebic abscess is a cystic lesion right lobe, often very, very large. We also talk about hydatid disease with amoebic abscess, just we think about those two fancy things. The difference is hydatid typically is calcified, may have big septations, little different history. Um, so again, something to think about. And of course, history, that we mentioned, is important foreign travel, but also patients immunosuppressed. You have an oncology patient develops new splenic and hepatic lesions, those are metastasis, and it's typically candidiasis or aspergillosis. So candidiasis is more common, multiple abscesses, can be liver only, can be liver and spleen, can be liver and kidney, can be liver, spleen, and kidney. But again, clinical history is easy. Now this patient, you have a big low density lesion, patient's 21 years old, you see it early, it's hypovascular, there's cystic components, you go a bit later, there's rim enhancement, there's hypodensities, you go much later, four minutes later, you see the areas of cystic change and septations. You've been traveling to Mexico, you've been on spring break too long, you got an amoebic abscess, it ain't hard. Or in this case, patients post Whipple's procedure seven days earlier, there was no lesion there before. Well, it's not gonna be a med in seven days, you're post-op, you have an abscess, it's pyogenic, there's no discussion. What else? This case I see about five times a year, it's always the same story, and I like to say it's always the sister of a radiologist or the sister of a friend of a radiologist. And what happens is, patient gets a CT scan, no great reason, and they get these lesions, liver and spleen, and someone says you have lymphoma versus metastasis, it's all over. They call me on the phone and say, Elliot, I got this case I need you to look at, and they'll describe it to me and I'll say sarcoid. They go, no, no, it's not sarcoid. I said, yes, it's sarcoid. I said, yes, it could be melanoma, yes, it could be lymphoma, yes, it could be leukemia, but patient's not sick, it's gonna be benign, it's gonna be sarcoid, and it's always the case. So think about that. Sarcoid can be a great mimicker, maybe only spleen, maybe only liver, may or may not have adenopathy. I've showed you a number of cases where 3D mapping is very helpful. Here's a good example. Incidental lesion, dome of liver, vascular, perfusion changes. What's going on? Is this hepatoma? Is this a MET? What is this lesion? Well, it's very vascular, but look what happens when you go to 3D. It's classic for an AV malformation. So very, very simple, great example with 3D helps. Now let me show you one other sort of case this is a patient, if you only had the abdomen, you might say metastasis, patient has lung cancer. Well, this is a very classic spot, a hot spot, described like a million years ago in nuclear medicine studies uh, due to obstruction of the SVC and collaterals along the diaphragm and drainage downward. The key thing in this image is looking at the subcute tissues where you see lots of collaterals. And I like to say the hot spots are always in the same area except for this case where it was posterior. So most of the time it's anterior, once in a while, it will indeed be posterior. So again, something to consider. So hopefully we've now had three lectures which have basically made the point that yes, we're great at picking up lesions, but lesion detection is not enough. Creating a long differential diagnosis of a thousand entities is also not gonna help anybody. What you need to do is create a decisive diagnosis or a decisive differential diagnosis. Look at enhancement, size, clinical history, arterial phase imaging, venous phase imaging, put it all together, you can make a very specific diagnosis in most cases. And again, the critical things is, from the beginning, 
proper scan protocols, multi-phase acquisition, good timing of delivery of contrast, the importance of going beyond axials to post-processing. And you take all that together, you understand how FNH looks and how METs look and why it's different and what's vascular and what's hypervascular. You put it all together and I think you can do a great job. And with that, take care and have a great day.